Happy holidays, everybody. At time of recording, we're still in the calendar year of 2019, but you might be listening to it in the future. 2020. Happy yeah. New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, let's be honest. I feel like they will definitely be listening to this in 2020. Yeah, we've been taking some time off uh, yeah. for the holidays ourselves. We've been in different states. I've been in Atlanta. I've been to Jersey. You've been in both of those states, maybe plus New York. Yeah. And a span of a couple weeks. Uh, crazy schedules. Crazy schedules. I mean, but it's important, I think, you know, to make sure you get time off, turn your brain off a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Get some time to recharge, and hopefully everyone who's listening has also had that experience. Yeah, and if you're listening to our podcast, which is called 25 Stories That Made MLS, uh, we're sorry you're not getting a story today. It's a bonus And you know this because the intro music was different. I haven't chosen what it's going to be yet, but I will edit that in. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so this is a bonus so, uh What does that mean? Unlike the rest of the episodes, which honestly you could listen to today, or you can you've already listened to it, or if you listen to it a hundred years from now, it's all still valid and it still makes sense to listen to because they're little pieces of history. Yeah, historical uh, facts. Historical facts uh, in story format. And uh, but these bonus odes are a little bit more contemporary. They're about what's happening re- now. So if you don't listen to it over the next few weeks, then I guess skip it. sure man just skip it just skip it and uh so we'll talk a little bit about that and then now we always talk about how the podcast itself is doing yeah how are we doing i mean we've got a bunch of things going on we got a twitter handle we've got some graphic design elements we've got reviews we've got reviews man. we've got stats on who's listening and where yeah um so here's some stats i think uh last time we did a bonus so it was after five episodes we had about 1500 listens or downloads, um, which we thought was pretty good. Now we're at nine episodes in, um, and we're at 5,000 downloads. So if you do the simple math there, it means that more and more people are listening, which is solid. Uh, the simple math is better than anything I've ever done on my own. So <laughs> That's I'm very happy good. about it. Yeah, I'm stoked. Um, second thing is we've had listeners from 30 different countries coming. 30 different, wow. Yeah, obviously most of it is from the U.S. and Canada. Um, honestly, Canada, I feel like, should have more listeners than what they have, but they're they're number two. Um, I feel like we'd have more listeners if we just talked more about Alfonso Davies. I, it's going to be an episode. It's going to be an episode, so but like, watch out, Canada. <laughs> but, like, we're doing it in order. Yeah. So, like, obviously, it's going to be one of the later episodes. Yeah, probably, like, 23. Let's go probably yeah. a solid 25. It'll probably be episode number 67, which I think <laughs> is what his number was when he was on Vancouver. Yeah. Which is a cool number to have, yeah, I guess. He's, and he's also killing it right now yeah. in Germany. Um, so, top 10 countries, United Kingdom, Brazil. Hungary, Portugal, New Zealand, Ireland, Netherlands, Australia. Listen, if you're not uh, from the U.S. and you're listening in, give us a shout on Twitter. Yeah. And we'll shout you out in the next bonus episode. Handle is at 25 underscore stories. Yep. All right. So top 10 cities. Um, number one. Still number one. Reigning champion. Ooh. That would be Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. Our favorite city. Columbus, Ohio. Number one. Atlanta. Number two. L.A. Chicago. Manhattan. Specifically, Specifically Manhattan. The borough of Manhattan. I guess. Uh, Portland, Seattle, Kansas City, 
Minneapolis, Philadelphia. Oh, no, 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 no. What what state does it list for Kansas City? Oh, Missouri. Oof. Kansas City, Missouri. Yep. Um, and then, as always, we talk a little bit about the reviews that we got. So it really helps us not to just listen, but if you um, can shout us out on Twitter, share with your friends, review us five stars would be great. Um, but uh, we're not telling you. We're not telling you to put down five stars. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know? tell, us, tell us what you actually think. Tell us think. what you actually think. Yeah, we're, we're all about it. Speaking of that, um, we got our first non-five-star review. Look, I want to hear this. Yeah. Um, two stars. Two wow. Stars. Two out of five. Yeah. Let's, you want to start there? Or do you want to start there? Let's start there. We okay. just brought it up. Um, it's from GW317. I don't know what that means. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of good info here, mm-hmm. but there's a lot to be desired from the host. Yep. Yep. Lots of awkward word choice. And one of the hosts seems, regardless. seems to do the right, oh yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. Insert bizarre rationale mm-hmm. here thing a lot when you trying know, to make sense. one time I was in a drum line. <laughs> trying to make sense of something. Yeah. I mean, GW317, you're not wrong. We do I've, this all the time. Yeah, you're totally not wrong. I mean, like a... a, a a soccer team with good chemistry and good rhythm is very much like a drum line, if you think about it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you have yeah, to, yeah, you things have to work together. Doubles, you know, <laughs> right, left, right, right, left, left, you know. Yeah. Got to be equally strong on both feet. Yeah. You know, like, it, it is what it is. I'm sorry if my analogies are too much. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two stars. Two stars. <laughs> uh, but honestly, tell us what you actually think. I mean, I, I would like to think that a podcast isn't real. Until yeah, we're get... obviously joking. We had a good laugh about it. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's. I feel like we're now we're a real podcast. You know. It's not, yeah, you, it's... you can't have just nothing but five-star reviews for anything. Yeah. Um, do you want to listen to a positive one? Sure. From uh, Must... It's funny, but sure. <laughs> Must Master... Uh, soccer and MLS nerds must is the title. Anyone who's looking for a new soccer MLS podcast don't really have to know much about MLS because it explains the story of the league. If you're an MLS nerd, then this pod is intriguing. See, I like that review. You know, it's also very accurate. Simple. Very simple. Very to the simple. Point. To the point. No bizarre rationale needed. No. Um, yeah. So that's what's going on. Of... Is there anything going on in our Twitter? Yeah, I'm we trying... did have. Just to recap very quickly, we did have like a very long thread about logos. Yeah. And that was fun. That was uh, really cool to interact with a bunch of people. Yeah, we uh, reviewed every single logo while driving um, to New Jersey. And if you want to read about more weird rationale, read that thread. Yeah. Because it's purely my opinion on graphic design elements for each club in MLS. Yep. Um... Let's see. Uh, here's one from Thomas Kuhn on Twitter. 25 stories that made MLS the exciting and complex story of an American soccer, American and Canadian soccer league. Must listen pod for any MLS fans. Great job. Check it out here. Love that. I love when people share it on Twitter. That's awesome. Um, so um, what are some things happening around the league right now that we can maybe talk about? Well, I mean, we're, you know... We're in the middle of the CBA. We're in the middle of CBA. Um, well, right now, we're, we're we're a few days away from ending the year. By the time people are listening to this, it's going to be the new year. So we might as well talk about what's happening in the new year. Sure. CBA is one of them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one is, I think, 
We have two new teams coming, Nashville, Miami. Yeah. We just, I mean, the Ross, uh, the uh, the schedule came out. Yeah, I mean, both of these teams are in the South, but one of them is in the Western Conference. Nashville. Do you want to start there? S- Let's start there. Nashville SC. Um, it's going to be in the Western Conference. Yeah. What is that? What are, What does that really mean for them? Uh, my first thought, hearing about that, is like, oof, weird schedule, a lot of travel. Yeah, so the weird thing about MLS is that it's both Canada and the U.S., and there's a lot of space to travel. So much space. Right, so Vancouver to Miami, I'm not sure exactly the distance, but I would imagine that's the equivalent of... I would say that's got to be 3,500 miles. I'm taking a guess there, easily, right? At least. At least. I think probably way more. Um, But, like, if you put it in Europe sense, it's like going from Lisbon to, like, I'm probably in the dead middle of Russia. You know, it's like... Right. It's not... It's, there aren't other leagues in the world that have to deal with that kind of insane amount of travel. That, maybe the Russian Premier League. Maybe. I mean, that's a big country, too, right? Yeah. But, like, uh, because of that, you need to have conferences. So that's why every North American league has conferences. And the idea of it is that you end up playing more games against teams that are closer to you to help ease travel. Right. Um, and so... Uh, this is actually the first year where not every MLS team is going to play against each other. Yeah, I just saw that on MLSsoccer.com. You can check it out. They have it listed out. Your team that you support will not be playing three clubs. In the opposite conference. In the opposite conference. So that's weird. It's a little weird. It's something we've never had before. Yeah. I mean, that obviously happens in, like, football. NFL has that same Mm -hmm. thing because they play 16 games and there's way more than 16 teams. So, um, but it's a little weird for MLS. And so, to your original point, Atlanta and Nashville are super close. So, if you guys have never been to Atlanta, one, come down. It's great. Yeah. We'll love to host you. It's maybe like a three-hour drive between those two cities. It's like three three and a half hours. Right? Yeah. Which is kind of the same ish distance between uh like you know red bull arena and harrison and and dc united's yeah new stadium like imagine those drive imagine those two teams being in different conferences like it's a kind of mind-blowing yeah right and so um nashville is way closer than orlando is which is oh yeah orlando's far away yeah yeah way closer and so it feels weird for specifically in Atlanta and Nashville to be in separate conferences. Mm-hmm. Adding to the point, and, and obviously MLS knows that I think there'll be natural rivals because the first game Nashville plays ever in Major League Soccer mm-hmm. is against Atlanta United. Yep. And I think that's their only game against each other next yeah, year. Yeah, next year. So, so it feels weird that there's a possibility in the following year if the rules are the same and the scheduling is the same and the conferences are the same. There's a possibility that Atlanta and Nashville never play each other. That's like incredibly strange to me. Do you think that'll hold up though? Don't you think if once they introduce other expansion sides, that no. they'll jumble it back up? I'm really curious on how they're going to solve for it. I would imagine you need to have more than two conferences. Once you get to like 30 teams, I think you probably need three or four. I mean, you could have a southern region. You could. I mean, you got three teams in. Texas. So you have FC Dallas, you have Houston. And then Austin coming in. Austin's coming in. And you got one in Georgia, Atlanta. You got one in Tennessee. That's obviously Nashville. Yeah. And then uh, two clubs in, in Florida. Orlando, Miami. Mm-hmm. And then in 2021, we have Charlotte 
Charlotte, um, North Carolina. And Charlotte, again, super close to Atlanta. It's about four, four and a half hours. But like that southeast region, you know, starting to shape up, starting to look legit. Yep. You have a very strong northwest region mm-hmm. or a western kind of coastline region. You have a very strong northeast region. Do you think it'll eventually split off into four conferences? I mean, it's a very NFL model, right? Yeah. I mean, but there's a reason why you have it, right? Mm-hmm. Is that you need to, fo- it's again for travel purposes. You yeah. need to focus more games against teams that are closer to you um, versus always traveling cost country. Um, and you can only fly coach so many times. Yeah, it's yeah. a good segue to the CBA. How so? Oh, is that something they can negotiate? Yeah. Do you want to switch over? To what, CBA? To CBA. It's a bonus owed. We can always switch over. <laughs> we can do whatever we, we want. We can do whatever we want. Uh, yeah, so the second thing, so the scheduling is weird. I think the one thing is like, yeah, uh, what one of the things that they'll probably end up discussing is um, is the idea that that each team has a maximum amount of charter flights that they can have, mm-hmm. and every other flight needs to be coach or, you know, commercial. Right. Commercial uh, airline, which is like how the rest of us travel when we travel. And um, so, obviously, it's kind of weird. I think most professional sports would have charter flights. Um, and so part of it as a fan, you're like, oh, that's nice or not nice. It's kind of weird that professional athletes don't have it, but maybe it's not that big of a deal. But if you think about it, flying from Vancouver... yeah, let's talk about flying from Vancouver to... Miami. Yeah. Or Miami, rather. Yeah, Miami. And then jumping on a plane and then going to a training session and then playing the next day and then flying right back. That's That's nuts. Yeah. That's bananas. And I would argue it makes the product worse because the players aren't playing at the top level. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like... And so um, that's definitely one of the things that will be up in the CBA. So there's, I think, three elements that, that... the CBA is going to be uh, uh, going to be focused on, and let's take a step back. CBA stands for Collective Bargaining Agreement. Mm-hmm. If you listen to our episode, I think number two. I think it was number two about yeah. Fraser. Fraser versus uh, Major League Soccer. You know that Major League Soccer actually had quite a few years before the players' union was actually uh, started. They had to wait until they lost a lawsuit, and then once the players' union starts. Um, they negotiate with the league for multiple years, and that negotiation of how the league is going to pay the players and what the players' rights are, that's called the Collective Bargaining Agreement, or CBA. Now, the thing is, like, a lot of leagues for other sports in the U.S. have CBAs themselves. Yeah. But uh, I feel like MLS's CBAs are a little bit more complicated because of what they're negotiating for. Exactly. Right? Like, it's not NBA or NFL or MLB because... Honestly, with those sports in this country, if you're in that league, you are tops. You're, you're the like best. Best in the world. Best in the world. So with MLS, they're trying to bargain for different things than just like, yeah, just pay us more. Yeah, because like, like you said, NBA, 90% of it is like, how are we dividing up the money? Mm-hmm. The more money it's on the pool at the table, the more the players get paid. And if you're in the NBA Players Union you're already the top player in the world, so that if there's more money available, you're more likely than not to get some of that money, right? Mm-hmm. MLS is different. So if you are, um, if all of a sudden everyone, every team is paying all of a sudden $5 million more in salary, chances are that $5 million is going to um, get better players right, from around the world. Uh, and that's what happened with targeted allocation money, mm-hmm. right? So the league 
created a mechanism to allow clubs to fine and sign players above and beyond the CBA, um, spending money on players, which again is a good thing, but that money was specifically made to get players into the league. That yeah, normally... to acquire players outside of it. So yeah. it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't, I was about to say necessarily, it doesn't help the players who are already in it. Yes. If you're an, if you're an American player who's making kind of the minimum salary, mm-hmm. the target allocation money does not help you at all. Right. In fact, it's probably hurting you by taking a roster spot. Um, and so you have to remember that as they are negotiating more money, and they will 100% negotiate for more money, that the league uh, wants to spend money, mm-hmm. but they want to do it in a targeted allocation money, which means getting better players from abroad, while the union wants to get better, m- more money for the players that are currently here. Right. So they want to actually get rid of target allocation money and spend that money on the players here, raising kind of the minimum salary that's available, raising kind of the mid-level salaries that are available, um, and not necessarily for just acquiring foreign talent. And now that we're going into year 25, yeah, getting if you were to get rid of TAM, yeah, and you know target allocation money, if you were to get rid of it, what's the impact of that as opposed to when they first instated that? Yeah, so um, this like it's, what it's a would good like would it would it be harder, much 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 harder to acquire players from outside the league if you were to get rid of that? Uh, no. So I think what you'd say is all right. Right now, the salary budget is something like four point five million, but the actual money that a team spends on players like Atlanta United could be as high as sixteen, seventeen million because. A lot of that is on designated players DPs, yeah. that are uh, not counted, or majority of it is not counted on against the budget. Against the cap, yeah. And then ta- target allocation money and general allocation money, which allows you to buy down contracts to not hit the budget, right? So instead, if they were like, hey, we're getting rid of all this allocation stuff, everyone now has a new salary cap, it's $15 million. Theoretically, it should not impact your ability to sign players right. from abroad because you still have that same amount of money. Right. The major thing that changes is that target allocation money is now a form of currency for trading. Yeah. And you can't trade salary cap space like that. So all of a sudden, now the inter-trading like trading mechanism will go back towards player-for-player player kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that would be a major, major shift. Right. right? Um, the second thing is that target allocation money also has to be approved by the league. So the league has to approve that this is a player worth signing for that money. I think there's been a few instances. I think the most famously is Stefan Fry, Seattle Sounders goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. The cl- that Seattle Sounders wanted to re-sign him using target allocation money. The league was like, nah, not a target allocation player because you're it's a current goalkeeper. It's American. Uh, for whatever reason. This is uh, before or after... Winning MLS Cup. Uh, this is before. This is before. before. Yeah. But like, it's just the idea of the league being like, no, that's not what this is for. Right. Because like the, and we'll talk about it in an episode, the origins of target allocation money was really to sign players that would normally go to Mexico or Europe. Mm-hmm. And so it's really for, for foreign players. So fundamentally, I think taking a way step back, I think as fans, we want, we want to have. We just want cup. the, we. Every single fan of MLS just wants to see the league continue to increase in quality. 
And that usually Period. means more money. There's not a single fan of MLS who's like, you know what? Want, the league is too good, man. <laughs> I want the I want the quality of the play to be a little bit less than what it is. You it's know? too good. It's, it's, it's too good. I think we can all agree that everybody wants the league to be better. Yes. And the league wants the league to be better. And they want to spend more money. And the union, MLS players unions, also wants more money to be spent. Mm-hmm. The main difference is that the league wants to control it and focus it on players that are abroad right now and bringing them in. Yeah. And the union wants that money to be spent on the players here already. So, like, that's really where the biggest rift is right now, yeah. I think. So you have that, the salary. I think you also have that thing that we talked about with, like, the charter flights. Mm-hmm. So I think right now there will be some sort of negotiation on making sure the teams use all the charter flights because right now that's not even a thing. Um, I guess... Another one, another big one would be like uh, the parameters of free agency, right? It's a huge one last time. Um, if you listen to, again, Frazier versus Major League Soccer, one of the main things in single entity structure is that you sign with Major League Soccer and then theoretically they can tell you where to go. And so when you're out of contract, you can't really negotiate with other teams. Now, right. that has shifted a little bit. Now it's like a hybrid model. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are, I think, over the age of 28 and you've served, I think, like seven, eight, or 10 years in the league, I forget the exact number, um, that means you can have like proper free agency. So it's a, it's a right to reserve for players with a little bit more seniority. Yeah. Like if you're... Uh, a young kid who just got into the league, you don't really have any... No, you get cut by FC yeah. Dallas. Um, you don't necessarily have the ability to go anywhere you want and negotiate, you know? like, And so I think the Players Union would try to expand free agency to more players, if not for every player. And I'm sure Major League Soccer, because they want to still hold on to this idea of single entity, would still want to keep some level of that and restrict free agency at some level. Yeah. So to me, those are the three kind of main areas. Um Salary specifically, how it's divvied up, um, not target allocation versus current players, also more money and raising the minimum salary, salary, free agency parameters, and then also, um, I think charter, honestly, charter flights and and is going to be a bigger thing. We see a lot more athletes tweeting about it. At so. least charter flights for Nashville. Yeah, and I think I think for <laughs> just for Nashville. Yeah, I think we're gonna for, be tired, man. Yeah, and I think we're for jet lagged. I think for fans, um, like I said, we just want better better quality. And so we're going to be rooting for, I think, more money, mm-hmm. less restrictions for clubs to spend that money. We, I think all of us, I don't, I don't think there's a single fan who would be anti-charter flights, which would be really <laughs> weird if you were. I mean, if you have a compelling argument, you can always hit us up on Twitter about that. So. Yeah, if you have a compelling <laughs> argument, just let us know. Really good, I just can't think of one right now. <laughs> I can't. I'm sure you could if you spend enough time. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's basically where the kind of arguments will be had. But I think there's so much incentive to make the deal work. I mean, we're going to the 25th year. You have new clubs coming in left and right. You have expansion dollars in the league coming mm-hmm. in left and right. I think the momentum's really good. I think you have the most broadcasting in terms of national broadcast next year. Like, uh, there's too much momentum at stake. I think the last CBA round, uh, the general consensus is that the players um, conceded too much. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's see what the players' union does. They know that this league, this year is really important for the league. Um, but I would imagine it's going to get solved um, before preseason starts. So Very cool. Nice. Uh, speaking of um, preseasons, what's another big thing going on? Uh, oh, I mean, 
this guy used to play for the Red Bulls and is now coaching Montreal Impact. Oh, I'm Impact excited. Montreal. Thierry Henry. So, yeah, let's talk about Thierry Henry and the task that he has and and what needs to happen for Montreal. I mean, for... Mon- all right, so Montreal, I, we should probably do an episode of Montreal on its own. Just on its own, but we're doing current event. Yeah. So Montreal is in a unique, I think, situation uh, where, like, it's sort of an in-between club. Like, I think the academy isn't super great. There's not that much pipeline coming in. Uh, Piatti has been their centerpiece for a while, but he's, like, I want to say 34, 35. Like, um, and so, and they weren't great last year either, but they weren't terrible either, right? Right. And so... um, their owner Saputo likes to make splashes. I mean, Drogba coming in like really changed right. how that club was seen. Um, but, he, but do you think but, they need another huge name coming in now that Henri is going to be involved? And that city feels like a city that needs a big name. And like, think about how well they really receive Drogba. How well they're receiving Henri right now. And Henri's managerial skills. Let's see. I mean, yeah. he did not do well in, in Lyon in in France. Um, but they really received the name really well. I mean, a lot of European people live in Montreal. Mm-hmm. And so I think a big name signing would be great for them. So you have any ideas uh, as for a player that you might want to see come into the league? That's realistic. For, that's realistic? Yeah. That, I mean, uh, yeah, of course. I would think you'd probably want to have some... I got one, but you go. Uh, let's see. You want to have some tie to Henri. Mm-hmm. Whether that's Barcelona or Arsenal or France. Yeah. Who you got? Cesc Fabregas. What's he up to? Uh, What's Fabregas up to? You know what? I don't know. And look. He, he, let's, let's look this up. How old is he right now? Keep talking. I'm going to look it up. Um, so, yeah, like you said, some type of connection to Henri. Yep. Former club teammate. Yeah, Arsenal uh, and Barcelona. Barcelona. Barcelona yeah, could both. be the French national team. I don't know. I just have a feeling you need a midfielder really good on the ball and oh. should be around the right age for it. Yeah. He um, is playing at Monaco. Okay. In uh, the French League, which is, I believe, the club that Henri was just managing. Oh, boy. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. So I Any feel like... Any chance for Sask Fabregas to come by? I, You know what? Listen, if anyone... And I mean, listening... like, the, another thing is, like, is he... I don't think he is star level like Drogba. He's pretty big. But he's pretty big. And that might just because Spain has so many good players. Yeah, he's pretty big. But, like, you know, Didier Drogba, like... Hero. Hero, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I a good th- shout. I don't think he would have that level of stardom. It's a good shout. But I think it's a good shout. Yeah. Um, you know, if anyone else is listening and they have their own ideas, give us a holler. But Cesc Fabregas in... Uh... <laughs> Cesc Fabregas. This is a hard name to say. Cesc, Cesc Fabregas. Fabregas. <laughs> uh, is, a, is a good shout. That's a good shout for a signing. Montreal, make it happen. Um, all right, last one I got for... Um, is CCL. Oh, yeah. Which, yeah, uh, yeah, which that, Thierry that Henry is in. Out and um, that starts, I believe, as early as February 18th. Yeah. I think when the first matchup is, you can pull it up on your phone, I think the first matchup is Atlanta and... Um, 
Montugua. Yeah, Montugua. Yeah, my, um, so yeah, what do you got for CCL? Are you excited? Or are you so here's feeling hopeful because we're, God. we have to it's win every? One of these. It's every year, isn't it? It's so, like, oh yeah, I think we could take it. Yeah, and then we just like our hearts get broken. Um, so here's the key, in my opinion, on CCL. So mm-hmm. obviously the knockouts start before the league starts. Right. So most of the teams are in preseason, but the rest of the teams that you're playing are fully in season. Right, yeah. so it's a huge disadvantage for so MLS. Form clubs. is a form is a big thing. So how do you maintain form in the beginning of the season? Is continuity, mm-hmm. right? So I think the clubs that do best are the ones who keep their core team together, and their core Which playing is why style. I, I mean, I, I would think that Toronto did as well as they did. Toronto they kept their I mean, momentum going last year. SKC did mm-hmm. the best, and I think they kept their momentum going. So I want to point out teams that have had major changes, right, or that have qualified. Um, so Montreal, brand new coach, as we talked about. Yep. Um, that's not good. That's not good for them in terms of being that's successful. That's like maybe a little too much exposure. Yeah, not just exposure, but their new playing style. They're learning a new way. Of right, play. and yeah. they're gonna they're gonna be ex- you know that the exposure is gonna show that they're in a transition kind of period. Yeah. And they might not get good results. That's just a possibility. Just a possibility. So yeah. Montreal, um, and but I would say Montreal also, I would, not, no offense to Montreal, that's probably the number five team in terms of uh, expectations. They're probably the lowest MLS expectations. So mm-hmm. let's start there. NYCFC, very good team last year. Yeah. New coach. Still don't know who the coach is. We're like 20 days away from preseason. There's yeah. no coach. Wow. Um, that's not good that no um so i'm i would say let's lower their expectations atlanta united same coach that's a good that's a good thing yeah frank same style same style same core no nagby no nagby but we'll say this for uh our listeners in columbus ohio i am glad that nagby gets to go home yeah that's pretty cool that's pretty cool man he's one of my favorite players yeah he's he's awesome so no nagby and uh, the rumor mill has it that um, uh, Gonzalez Perez is also going to get transferred out. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they have some personnel changes. Also, not great. But I think the having the same system and more or less the majority of the core players coming back is a good sign. Yes. Also, the two teams that I think then that are remaining have the best chances. It's LAFC. I think more or less the yeah. core is set. The question is, can they hold on to Diego Rossi? Um, based on European interest. And then Seattle, I think, is really set. Like, yeah. They, they have a, a core. They're playing the same style, same Seattle, coach. team of the decade. Agree, disagree? Agreed. Team Agreed. of the decade. I got to agree with that one. Yeah. Never missed the playoffs since their inception into the league. Yep. Right? Two MLS Cups. Yep. Huge fan base. Yep. A lot of U.S. Open Cups in there. Yeah. Some supporter shields. A lot of uh, U.S. soccer players yeah who have been part of that club or still are yeah they've they've definitely made a really good um model you know of success that i think a lot of teams have followed and have built upon like atlanta and lafc so yeah definitely seattle definitely team of the decade and i would say it's probably our best bet for champions league honestly yeah uh, i'm definitely gonna be watching them and see what they could do yeah uh let's let's end it with the wish list yeah for year 25 Oh, good. You go first. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. I kind of just want... I just want everything to keep going in the direction it's going. It's been good 
for the last couple of years. It's been really entertaining. I got two. Okay, you got two um, specific ones. Two really specific ones. Okay. Um, that I'm nervous about. That you're nervous about? Yeah. This is interesting. All right, let's get into this. Yeah. Um, one, I am really rooting for Nashville to work. Okay, that's, that's funny you say that because one thing on my wish list was a, a huge turnaround for Cincinnati. I hope that happens. Oh, so Cincinnati, I think um, they'll turn it around. I think the fundamentals of Cincinnati as a business, mm-hmm. great fan turnout. Um, obviously, you don't want to take advantage of that because if you have multiple years that are terrible, no one wants to see that and you'll have less. Right. But, I mean, um, great fan turnout. Um, they just got a recent investment of a new owner, uh, buying, like, I think 10%. Of, so they have some money to play with. I think they'll be fine. They have a new stadium that's going to be in the works. I think they'll be good. Um, Nashville... Uh, the the rumor is the season ticket sales have not been great. Like I think okay. they've sold uh, six thousand or so. Um, Which usually uh, pre like uh, season ticket holders, you're looking, you're trying to get like fifteen. I mean, fifteen is like incredible. Yeah. But like, go back to the Columbus episode that we did. Right. I mean, one of the reasons why Columbus got a team in the beginning is how many season ticket deposits they right, had. Right. Right. I think they had pretty close to like 10,000 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the exact number on the podcast. I'm, I can't remember right now. But um, for me, like that is, I really want Nashville to work. And simultaneously, I really want um, the Chicago Fire move to work. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah I, I would put that on my list too. I, I would like to see Glory at Soldier Field again. Yeah, it's just like you need Chicago to work for the league purposes. Please just like justify that awful logo. You know, <laughs> do something. I, you know, I'm in the I'm in the camp that is fine. The logo, all logos are actually fine. <laughs> if you really think about it, look at look at any logos of your favorite clubs. Like the justification is like, yeah, but it's been that way for a hundred years. Why <laughs> yeah. would you change it now? Yeah. Logo's fine. I, I mean, think that, look at any rebranding like Juventus, and everyone's like, "This is the this is BS." Like it's just like, all right, like which high schooler put this together? But it's like, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But um, yeah, we'd love to see Soldier Field popping. Yeah, man, it, it's a uh, league is different when Chicago's popping, and then um, I'm sure the new kits will look hot though. Yeah, yeah. I think the color scheme from that logo. Yeah. Tight. I think Miami will be fine, I'm hoping. I mean, you have some heavy hitters there that, are, that should make it work. But um, but uh, let's that's number one. It's like mm-hmm. I want Nashville to work, and I think 1A would be I want Chicago to work. Um, and by work, I mean, like, people coming out and seeing games. For Not sure. necessarily, like, the team on the field, but, like, the actually the infrastructure, and it's just, like, working. And it's a, it's a sustainable model moving forward. So the second thing I'm hoping for is... An improvement in um, TV ratings. Yeah, definitely. Like, definitely. that's been the last frontier for Major League Soccer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, I think if you look at the TV schedule, it's the most kind of national TV media exposure we'll get. We're getting really close to a national coverage in terms of the teams that we have. 26, going to 30. Mm-hmm. So you have almost every major city has a team now. Yeah. This is about when you need that turn. Any blank spaces you can think of? Um... Like, if you look at it would the be biggest like, cities, it's yeah. Phoenix. Yeah, I would say, I was going to say Arizona. Phoenix, yeah. and then um, I think you could make a case for San Antonio. Could you make a case far out in the future for, like, a New Orleans or... Uh, I think Detroit. Detroit. 
would yeah. be another one. Um, but again, you have teams in all three of those that I, we just said outside of probably outside of probably Phoenix. It's probably the exception. You have teams that are nearby, yeah, pretty close that you can root for. You know, um, and if you don't root for, you can at least go see a game once in a while. All I'm saying is we're getting pretty close to a national coverage, and we haven't really seen ratings make that leap yet. Right. And we need to see that leap. And I uh, think I'm hoping to see... Do you have any idea on numbers of eyes on coverage of LALA FC? Yeah. Oh, my God. I wish I could Because, uh, man, now. some of those games were I think crazy the playoff exciting. One, yeah. The playoff one got a pretty good rating. But in the grand scheme of things, like, pretty good rating meaning for MLS. Mm-hmm. But it's not like... Like, we need some games to crack a million. Yeah. Yeah? You know, like, we just need to make it a... Uh, we need to make this a bigger deal on TV, which will unlock a lot of revenue. Revenue means more money for clubs to spend on academy and players, which means better league. Which I think brings us to one big thing. We'll touch on it quickly. We have to say something about this, I think. Okay. All right? What's really good with that All-Star game? Oh, yeah. Come on. That's that's, that's dope. dope. That's, that's dope. dope. Like, we went to uh, Campiona's Cup. Yeah. Right? That was awesome. And I remember when that was kind of first out. Yeah. You know, they, they just created this whole cup thing. And, and I, I remember people saying, it's like, oh, those teams aren't going to take it seriously. But we were there. It was and serious. They took that game damn serious. There were serious. some like hard yellow cards. It was serious. They it came to serious. play. It they, was they great. They came to play, and it was great watching that. It was great. It's... Do you imagine? Now, the thing is, I can't because there's still going to be a lot of fan voting involved in like selecting the All Star sure. team, right? So by nature, it, you can't go as hard. Yeah, but, a lot of pride on the line. The right. All-Star game is a really good point. Uh, yeah, I'm really rooting for that to work well. I mean, All-Star games in the U.S. are u- usually pretty bad. Yeah. It's because you just have In played... general, all sports. All sports. Because you're like, they're they're playing an exhibition. They should you be You don't on... want anyone to get hurt. Yeah, they should be on vacation. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the NBA one is a really great example. Like, it's, like, basically a slam dunk contest until the last five minutes, and then they get a little competitive. It's not that great. Um... I also thought MLS All-Star Games were the best because you pit basically our best players against a team that's much superior to that's them. That's in preseason. That's in working preseason. Working things out. Yeah. And and basically the All-Stars are, have something to prove because like, yeah. we're not the best, right? Yeah. It's like a bunch of Rudies playing against, you know, um, a professional team. Uh, and but that, when it's I, MLS versus Liga MX, then it's like there's something extra there right special there. so but the weird part about the old format was like you're playing against a club that plays together all the time and then the mls side is just a bunch of players that don't play together all the time so it's very mm-hmm. rudimentary it's very simple also it's not great looking correct me if i'm wrong it's not like liga mekis it's not like they have an opportunity to gather their best players for like their like top squad right so you now, so, now yeah. like, it's like two leagues that have something to play for in terms of pride yeah. right it's not just an exhibition but they're also like it's not a Pre, it's not in even in terms of like one's a club that's actually trying to play together and mm-hmm. one is just an all-star team. They're both all-star teams. They're both figuring out like what's the squad. Yeah, and I think that's excellent. It's going to be great. It's awesome. It's going to be I awesome. Can't wait. And it's going to be in LA. Yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah, I'm really, really hoping is. that works out. 
And uh, honestly, the Spanish TV ratings have been pretty good. So, like, mm-hmm. uh, for MLS, and I think that's also going to be in one of our future episodes is, like, that being kind of a frontier as well. Honestly, that, you know, year 25, we're having a, a different format for the All-Star game. That can be a historical thing. Yeah. It really could be. Totally. 100%. Um, and uh, one one hope, kind of on the negative side, I, I, I'm sure someone's going to... You have a negative think, hope? Like, it's it's negative what I'm about to say. I'm I'm hoping for something to not happen is what oh, I'm okay, trying got to it, say. Oh, I got it, got it, got it. Um, I'm sure some of you out there will feel me on this. I'm like, I just, I just, I think we've had enough of Seattle versus Toronto for <laughs> Like, that's just, that's just it. Like, it. like, Seattle can be in it against another team. Toronto could be in it another team. Fine with me. I just, I just, Seattle versus Toronto We're done. Has, has run its course. Yeah. We, we are done with that trilogy, just yeah. like Star Wars. We're done with that we're, trilogy. We're just done with the trilogy, guys. Yeah. Time to move on. And with that, I think it's time to move I on. I think it's time to move on. So that is our second bonus episode. Everybody, thank you for listening. We hope you are spending quality, quality time with your friends and family and, uh, you know, making some resolutions that we all have trouble with. Yeah, and um, rate and review us on, uh, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts and also follow us on Twitter at 25 underscore stories. Yeah, and you can leave us a negative review if you want, but I might make fun of you, but also don't do that. Five stars only. Five stars only. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, guys. See you later. See you later.